our wheels on fire and do a jump. At night, it could be quite spectacular, don't you think? Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Feeling good, Lewis? Those 80s kids remember. Yes, indeed. Welcome to Those 80s Kids Remember, the podcast where we reminisce and ponder the totally tubular and ask the important questions like, what happened to the beef? And where will Ernest go next? I'm Craig with me today. The rest of those 80s kids, Rob. Andy. And also joining us via Skype, Brian. Nice to see you, Brian. How's things down there in the Milwaukee area? Nice to see you guys as well. Things are wonderful down here. Up Thank here, you. down here. Wherever. You, you, we're, we're looking at Brian right now through our through our little screen here, and it looks like he's in some sort of fort, or or some sort, of, or, or he's in the broom closet or something. Snuggled up in bed, basically. Yeah. We have got to show you guys a little bit more as the show goes on. <laughs> As I, as I feel friskier. Oh, if only this right was now, a webcam. Under the blankets. Now I'm like not out of bed, basically, so this works out really well. For oh, me. well, good. Glad we could accommodate you. Well, folks, we have got a very, very interesting topic here today. I've been looking forward to this personally because the topic is our favorite '80s movies here on those '80s kids remember. And uh, would you guys like me to start off? Please, by all means. Uh, see, mine, my favorite 80s movie is almost like a, a stereotypical thing that first pops into your head when you think of great 80s movies. And I Scavenger almost... Hunt? I What? <laughs> it's a scavenger hunt? <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> Sleepaway camp. No, I, my favorite 80s movie, because I, I grew up with it, and it still holds up today, in my opinion... Back to the Future. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. I, I, do, I still love Back to the Future today. As do I. You can make fun of anything, but that movie is still great. Well, the, the weird part about Back to the Future is you see a young Michael J. Fox, and now when you see Michael J. Fox, it's different, of course. So, Oh, it's quite different, so, yes. And, of course, hats off to him, you know, dealing with the Parkinson's and all that. But uh, it's, it's I find it kind of strange, though, when you see the younger Michael J. Fox and then you see what's happening to him today. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like looking back at footage of Muhammad Ali, you know. True. Same same dealio. But uh, for me, back it is, to the... it, Michael J. Fox is, is great in that movie, and it is sad to see his, it, how he is now, but... Uh, it, it, those are two different guys. Uh, Biff would, would would really fuck with uh, with Michael J. Fox now. I mean, yeah, that, that would yeah. be just merciless. Mar- Marty would have never landed a punch on Biff in that no, cafeteria. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> he would have had to have a hell of a distraction to get Biff looking the other way long enough for Marty to clock him. But to me, okay, I wanted to run down a couple of things here about this movie. A couple of things that maybe I find a little strange, even though I love it. The first thing... The beginning of the movie. Remember when when Marty does that famous, damn, I'm late for school. And he takes off yeah. running out of Doc's place and the power of love by Huey Lewis starts up. Yep. And that whole thing. And he grabs onto the back of these vehicles on his skateboard. Mm-hmm. Pulls. People he doesn't even know. Yes. And he just hooks himself onto the back of these vehicles. 
I remember when I was a kid, I first saw that movie at about nine years old. I remember thinking, yes. I was like, yes, damn it. That is exactly how I am going to high school every day. I'm getting a skateboard. I'm hooking myself onto random strangers' cars. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. Well, because it looked like something you could do. They make it look so easy and like something a kid could do. Well, yeah. Hill Valley had to have had the smoothest roads in the history of mankind. I couldn't even use my skateboard on some of the roads that we had in my town. The majority of them. They're too damn bumpy. Well, that and you would have had people pull it over because somebody was attached to their car. <laughs> oh, look, kid. Look, kid. <laughs> This is not cool. You got to get off of here. I'm going to get sued. Now, but again, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. He gets up. He, 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 you know, does the thing with his foot where he, the, the skateboard up. comes yep. up into the air and he yeah, catches it. Yeah. His hot girlfriend, his hot girlfriend is outside the school waiting for him as soon as he gets there, you know, and it's like, yeah. That that was with her, jean, with her jean jacket, if I'm not mistaken, by the way. Yeah, she was really cute. I never remember seeing her in anything else. What's what's interesting about that is though the whole skateboard thing because it was skateboards were still big back then and mm-hmm. nowadays skateboards you know but I mean that was the dream of the future wow we're gonna have like motorized skateboards or whatever oh they were hoverboards in the yeah. second back to the well future. yeah right but that was that was you know nowadays nobody would like think well in fifty years I wouldn't like some of that technology on my skateboard that's true so times well, have changed another thing that I found a little goofy about that scene you remember when Marty. They go by, like, this aerobics place. They drive by this aerobics place, and Marty waves to all the women inside. And all the women inside are jumping around, and they all, yes, they all wave. It's like, these these grown-ass women who are working out, all of a sudden they're like, Oh hey, there's the there's the five foot tall high school kid. Oh hey, Marty. There's that fun kid from the local high school. Hey Marty. And they don't even know him. Yeah, it's the same thing with the, the, the people that he's attaching his skateboard to. No one knows him, but but they act like they do. Yeah, yeah. Well the 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 one guy with the Jeep kind of turns around and gives him a funny look, and then Michael J. Fox just kind of does this like this great sheepish wave to the guy, like, oh, hey, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you should say that, because I had a, a similar experience after seeing The Karate Kid, to where I thought, I, I know karate, so I'm going to go home and challenge, could... challenge my sister, and boy, she, she smacked me down in I'm like gonna two crane seconds kicker. flat. Is that, exactly. is that where the head trauma came from? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, now I don't. Okay, so I saw Back to the Future, but I didn't see two or three. What was I don't understand. What what was the two and the three about? What, what, you didn't what? see two or three. I didn't see two or three. Oh, you need to go see two and three. <laughs> two and two, two is good. Two, two is the western one, I think. Right. Three was the western. Was the one where they three go back the to the old two west. Two was the futuristic thing. Yeah. First, they go back to 1955 because of Marty's kids. Right. Or no, they go to the future. Go I'm the sorry. Future. They go 30 years into the future, and then they go back to 1955 again because Marty inadvertently screws up the the time continuum, and Biff becomes a millionaire or a multimillionaire and ends up owning oh, the whole like town. Biff that or sounds somebody has familiar. access to a sports almanac or something. Well, yeah, because he becomes yeah. the luckiest man in the world. He right. bets on all these sporting events, yeah. Yeah. But it, the original one, here, here was another thing. Marty and Doc are good buddies, right? And now, if you were Marty's girlfriend, what would you think of this? I mean, 
Because he's I hanging. Think that her. Is a creepy relationship. Anyone today would see that as a creepy relationship. Well, yeah, it's inappropriate. Because <laughs> yeah. Doc Doc is seen throughout Hill Valley, throughout the town, as this crazy yeah. eccentric guy. Marty's buddies with him, and not only is Doc kind of a little out there, he is also in ties with Libyan nationalists. <laughs> That's some pretty yeah. sinister shit back then. I mean, like today. It would be like, oh, hey, come on over. You want to hang out? You want to go on a date? You want to meet my friend Doc? He's uh, He's got connections to ISIS. <laughs> he's, he's, he's trading weapons with ISIS. You'll love him. You know? <laughs> well, and Marty hangs out at his house, though, a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's probably Doc's house more than he is his own. And yeah. parents today would flip out yeah. if Here's, you were hanging around this older okay. professor guy who everybody thought was a nut and you're at his house all the time. Yeah, here's the he's older gentleman. School. He's just hanging out with my teenage son. Yeah. Right. Well, it's it's how Doc got his hands on that plutonium, because he he told these Libyan guys that he was going to build them a bomb. He's like, wow, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll build them right. a bomb, and and gave them a, a bomb casing full of pinball machine parts, and in <laughs> and in place he got his plutonium for him to use on the time machine. I mean, that's a that was some very strange stuff for back then. Another strange thing that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I thought it was strange when I was a kid, but even more so in, as an adult was the subplot of Marty's teenage mom falling in love with Marty. Yeah, it's a bit out there, it's, you know. <laughs> and that creeped out everybody a little bit. And not just falling in love with him. She's, like, coming on to yeah, him. Yeah, throwing herself at him. <laughs> she, she, like, squeezes his thigh when she's at dinner with him at her parents' place. Ooh. She is. Good Lord, she's so hot, though. Lee, what's her name? Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Yeah, yeah. Leah, Leah Thompson was a friggin' doll back then, man. She was. She was she really was. cute. What, but, else was, what else was she in? Ah, uh, she's in a uh, Some kind of wonderful. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Yeah, speaking of creepy <laughs> stuff, yeah, she also had sex with an alien <laughs> duck man as well. Well, I, who wouldn't, right? <laughs> she likes to explore. She's kind of freaky. Yeah, she was in the John Hughes movie, Some Kind of Wonderful. Yes. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, what that else was she in? Caroline yeah. in the City. Yeah. <laughs> the sitcom. Uh, yeah. And another one other thing about uh, Back to the Future as well, some <clears throat> classic characters. I mean, Marty, great character, obviously. Doc Brown. Per- George McFly is one of my favorite characters in the history of motion pictures. Bingo! That's exactly yeah. what I was going to bring up. George frickin' McFly. Oh, yeah. Crispin Glover. Played by Crispin yeah. Glover. That kind of introduced... Crispin Glover is awesome. Yes, he, is, he, is. he is more bizarre <laughs> than that character he plays in the movie in real life. I know. It's like, one of my favorite scenes is where he goes into the diner. And and he's gonna ask Lorraine out because Marty is Marty dressed up as as Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan has convinced him to ask Lorraine out. He does that whole Lou, give me a milk, chocolate, <laughs> and then the milk comes sliding down to him like it's a freaking whiskey or something. He slams it, and then he does the whole my density has popped me to you thing, yeah. you know. And she looks up at him and she's like wait a minute, don't I know you? And this is one of my favorite parts of the movie where he's just like, yes, yes, I'm George, George McFly. I'm your density. You know, that, 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 whole, that whole schmeal. 
he is he plays that part so perfectly because he's such yeah, he a does. socially inept geek and he's so <laughs> nervous. Yeah. And he's trying and he's trying to be smooth, right, you know, right. reading off of his notepad. And Crispin you can make Glover. a movie just based on the life of George McFly, I would go see it. Oh, I know. You could you could make a prequel about, yeah, about really good. what happened to George before you know, like all of his peeping Tom shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's how just, he was Go ahead. Just to give me as much George McFly as possible, I would go see a two hour movie just with him. Just just to get more Crispin Glover in. <laughs> Yeah, it's too bad. You know, Crispin Glover's like, you know, 60 years old now, so they can't do anything. And insane. He's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that he's out of his nuts. And one other, one last thing I wanted to bring up about Back to the Future, too. Uh, this struck me as a little odd when I was a kid, and even more so now, is the quote-unquote happy ending of Back to the Future when Marty comes back to 1985. Okay. You know what I mean? The parents are cool and now the parents are kind of hip, yeah. The whole family is different. I mean, grant you, yes, his family was a bunch of losers originally, okay? And they changed because of what happened in the past, and now they're cool parents and all this. But still, they were his family. Right. I mean, imagine if you came back like Marty did, and everybody that you knew in your family was completely completely different. different. Wouldn't that screw yeah. with your head? See, I'm not so sure. <laughs> and that wouldn't be necessarily a positive thing. I know. Well, wouldn't it? Because you love people for their quirks. You love people the way they are. I don't. <laughs> I hate him for that. No, but wouldn't it screw up the whole world, though? Isn't this like the whole thing about time travel? You like travel through time and you change one thing, and the next thing you know, whoever is supposed to be future president is not future president. Yeah. Yeah, so they're all cool and just think all the influence they'd have on everyone else. Yeah, well, because because George is a famous author. Right. When Marty and if you really want to delve deeper into it than that, go further, it, would Marty even be the way he is? Because he's the way he is based on how his parents were when they were yeah. goofy and nerdy right. and all that. So right. they change everything. And and let's keep in mind as well, Marty, right? He's, a, he's what is he? The, he's the third kid, right? And, yes. and his, his parents named him Marty. Now, George and Lorraine knew this guy named Marty 30 years ago, right? Who looked right. just like Michael J. Fox. Identical. Acted yeah. just like Michael J. Fox. And all of a sudden, all these years later, Lorraine spits out a kid who looks it just looks like exactly. Marty. Exactly. Right. But his name when he went back to the future was Calvin Klein because she found mm. it on his underwear. So they called him Calvin. She did, but she found, out, she found out that did she found out that she was at yeah. first, though. Did she? Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Well, but, I don't imagine she when when she spat Marty out that she knew what the baby was going to grow to look like. So spat I her out. But, <laughs> but, what if, but what if you were George? What if you were George? It's like your great way to put childbirth. Yeah, it's hey, just, been there, done that. But seriously, what if you were George and and your wife gives birth? To this child named Marty, who you know Lorraine kind of had a crush on this Marty guy, you know, and then all of a sudden, all these years later, she gives birth to a kid who looks just like Marty, and he's named Marty and everything. What would you think? And then not only are you not going to question that, but you're going to name the kid Marty. Marty. <laughs> well, exactly. I think. I think what I'm trying to point out is that when a baby is born, 
you don't necessarily look like your your future self. I mean, it's hard well, to say so, what a baby is going to look like. So, I mean, I don't think you could like. Especially if you spat him out. <laughs> but he turned out <laughs> like cold pumpkin cold. Listen, seeds. At the, t- at the time of the naming, anyway, you know? And but he, I'm saying the kid, but he grew up to look just like yeah. this guy yeah. that Lorraine oh, had the know, hots for years they could, earlier. They could have considered naming him after Marty because Marty was the one who got them together, you know? Well, why didn't they name the first kid Marty then? Well, I don't know. What was the first kid's name? I don't know. He was, at, he was the doofus, the guy <laughs> who played Jimmy Olsen in the Superman movies. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. He was a complete loser in that movie in the beginning too. Yeah, he like worked at McDonald's or something. Right. And then he's got a and then he's got a suit and tie. When yeah. Marty comes back, I always wear a suit to the office, and he's still living at home. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing I wanted to point out too was the fact I love the fact that that George McFly still has Biff hanging around right. the family. Watching you know, the car. The the My guy dog. that the guy that tried to rape his wife thirty years earlier. Right. He's, yeah. he's like Eddie Haskell. You just kinda keep him around, you know. <laughs> you always gotta have that one guy. He's like he's Uncle Biff, you know. <laughs> Uncle, no, I know Uncle. he tried to sexually assault my wife back <laughs> in high school, but yeah. well, he yeah. didn't watch the car. Well, yeah, because because if George wouldn't have come up to the car, man, I mean, Lorraine, Lorraine would have been taking it whether she wanted to or not that night yeah. because <laughs> that's that's kind of a disturbing scene right there for a kids movie. It is. I'm going to point out one more thing. First of all, well, two more things. Huey Lewis is in it, and I love that part. I think that's awesome. Do you guys remember that? Oh, Soda Jerk, right? He's the yeah, band he's guy. Oh. oh, he's the band oh, guy. Oh, okay. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. He's that guy. Yeah, okay. That's, that's exactly what he says. And then his career was over. <laughs> and you didn't hear from him until he was playing at the casino. The other thing I'm, I want to point out is that that punch that McFly lands, if I'm not mistaken, knocks Biff out. Oh, yeah. There's one little punch from little McFly and Biff. Big Biff is on the ground, on his back. It was that like... a lot in movies. It was like uh, George kind of had the strength of ten men there because he was yeah. really pissed off, man. Oh yeah, because he just shut because Biff had just shoved Lorraine down. So George right. is all mm, curling his fist up, and and he and he pop shots Biff. Biff just turns around and bam, there yeah. it is. Biff's reaction is a little over the top though, like spinning around and. <laughs> It was like Popeye punching Bluto, you know, Pluto, after he ate exactly spinach. what it was. And then the stars are flying around his head and yeah. stuff as he's on the ground. And, and I don't want to give anybody the impression that I'm, like, picking on Back to the Future or anything like that, because I still love the movie. It's just these goofy little things that you notice with, like, three decades of hindsight, mm-hmm. you know, those types yeah. of things. Yeah. And the DeLorean, the DeLorean in that movie. Oh, yeah. I just saw a DeLorean a while back. I still remember the footage of John DeLorean on uh, buying Coke. What? Do you guys remember that at all? No. Really? That must have been in the John... 80s. Yeah, it was the 80s. John DeLorean, the, uh, um, yeah, he was like uh, buying a whole bunch of Coke. I remember him looking at it and he opens up a briefcase and this video surveillance footage and he's like, this stuff is better than gold or whatever. And yeah. It was was it this at your coke. house or what? Dude? What, are you, <laughs> what, what are we talking? Was, was this a personal experience? Yeah, I went to John DeLorean's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that one. <laughs> 
No, it was video. Sur it was a surveillance video that was set up to bust him in some coke thing. Wow. wow. So it was like it was like some like Marion Barry type of thing. Exactly. Yeah, the footage is in black and white. It's kind of grainy. He opens up a briefcase. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of coke. He looks at the coke. Says this stuff's better than gold. Yeah, and pretty soon he was done. Sweeter than you who. You. I never heard of that video. That's I'm really? gonna go look that up. Yeah, I'll send you the footage. It's good stuff. Okay. I'm have it around. I have to find it on YouTube. Who wanted to go next? Rubber. Well, my well, the movie I was gonna talk about was Escape from New York. Escape Save. from New York. I've always been. I've I've always been one to like the science fiction movies, so and Escape from New York was one of my all time favorites. Of course, starring there was that was a star studded cast. First off, you had Kurt Russell, Russell, right, yep. the eye patch. Then you you had the guy from um, all the Halloween movies who was the abducted president. Do you remember that? You remember that? Remember the president of the movie, Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance was the abducted president. Then you had the guy who was the voice from Chef in South Park was Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes. He was the ring, yeah. yep, ringleader of the bad guys. Then you had Ernest Borgnine was the taxi cab driver. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. Wow. Holy yes. Crap. So the whole premise of the movie, of course, was that. It was in the future, overpopulation, crime was amongst us, and they decided to take the whole city of New York and make it a giant prison. Remember? Oh, so they yeah. barricaded the whole thing off. They barricaded the whole, and it was probably like Manhattan or something, you know, mm -hmm. and it was like the island part of New York. Well, anyway, so what happened then in the movie, a plane carrying the president was flying way too close to the prison because you know what's going to happen if you're the president. You're going to be flying that close to an entire <laughs> state of prisoners. Right. Somebody takes a rocket launcher or something, shoots the president's plane down, he crashes, and they take him hostage, and he's got some cassette tape. This just goes to show you that in the future it'd be cassettes, but they're very small cassettes. Remember that? <laughs> anyway, he's got a he's got a he's got a cassette tape, and it supposedly has got some great speech that he's going to give to the prime minister of Botswana land or whatever mm -hmm. is in the future, you know. And they've got to get this back in time for this conference, right? So that's what happens. So he crashes there. So then you have Kurt Russell, who's a prisoner himself, and he is. Dealing with Lee Van Cleef, who was actually in The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. He was the bad wow. guy in, right? Love Van Cleef. Yeah, Lee Van Cleef, yeah. awesome. That guy just looked like he'd, you know, be a bad guy. Yeah. So anyway, Lee Van Cleef tricks him in the movie. He wants him to go find the president, right? So he agrees for to get his freedom that he'll go in and get the president out. But then he shoots this weird dart in his neck, which is going to explode in his veins in about 72 hours. He's going to be dead. So he's got 72 hours to get the president back in time to make this speech to save the world or else. He's dead. The world's going to suffer. Who knows what's going to happen? So he takes a glider. He lands on top of the World Trade Center, which, of course, if it really was the future, would now be defunct. Lands, he lands on the World Trade Center, sneaks around this wasteland of criminals. By the way, there's like an interracial gang that all gets along. It's all blacks, whites, Hispanics. They all get along, and their one common goal, of course, is to be thugs. So then he's got to It's the same gang from Death Wish, Death Wish 3. Same gang from Death <laughs> Wish 3, I'm sure. Oddly, oddly touching to see that kind of racial harmony yes. going on where well, they're plundering yes. together and raping and pillaging. And so it's trust among thieves. So they're all so he's gotta infiltrate the camp, get the president out, 
sneak them out of the thing before time runs out. But of course, something goes wrong. Uh oh. Yeah. Well, he ends up getting captured, and then he's got to like fight this big bearded dude in a in a like a boxing arena. You remember that? I've actually only seen like the first twenty minutes. Oh. And that was like recently, so. Yeah, he's got to fight this this big dude in the arena because he gets captured. He ends up hitting him with a board with nails and it sticks in his head and then guy <laughs> dies and then he manages to escape and he gets the president. And then it, it, as you get towards the end, what you got, you got the cab driver who's Ernest Borgnine who's helping these guys get across the big bridge <laughs> to get to this giant wall where they can scale up and get on the other side oh, of freedom. Wait. Wait, there's. Hey, can taxi. we do a whole show about Ernest Borgnine? <laughs> <laughs> My hero. There's taxi service in this prison city. Well, they've got old uh, like taxis still, you know, that run. I mean, you know, I don't know. They're 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 using grain alcohol to run these cars or whatever. But I mean, it's basically it's 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 a post-apocalyptic New York, so to speak. But yeah. you know, and they just got whatever they can scrounge, and that's what they're doing. They're running around. A big criminal gang runs it. Danny DeVito was their dispatcher. <laughs> but I was just—it was one of those cool movies when you were uh, kind of a kid because it had a lot of violence. Oh and yeah, it had the the creepy, you know, uh, you know, because back in the eighties, you were always thinking about what's going to happen to the world in the future. You know, mm -hmm. it's always like, oh boy, we're all going to die in the year two thousand. Jesus is coming, or the Russians are going to blow us up, or something like that. So yeah. it kind of fit in the time that you had this theme of, oh boy, things are going to be worse down the road. And then you had Snake Plissken, who was. Of course, had an eye patch on, and he was pretty cool. And uh, well, Jesus yeah. Coming, What's that? When is Jesus coming? Doing it? Oh. <laughs> we hadn't quite figured that. It's been, I was watching the Seven Hundred Club, and I'll say it's going to be a little while later. But uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and see, now Kurt Russell to me has always been a cool actor, and of course, he was in oh, one yeah. of my favorite movies, which was Falling Down, right? No, that's Michael Douglas. That's Michael Douglas. No, I'm thinking of the one with uh, his <laughs> wife gets abducted. And then he's got to go find his wife in the middle of nowhere, and it's these people that oh, do Oh, dude, it. that's a great movie. That is an awesome flick. It's an uh, awesome movie what was it called? with uh, G.T. Walsh is in there. Yeah, yes, yeah. What was it called? <sighs> it it, uh, it ex escapes him, but they're, they're in the middle of nowhere, and they run out of gas or something. They got car trouble, and the people are like, sure, we can help him. And they end up like abducting his wife and think, think yeah, he's dead. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. It's a Wild movie. Yeah, it's really cool. He's got to go find him in the middle of Kansas or Nebraska or in the middle and it, of nowhere. And it's Kurt Russell. And it's Kurt Russell. Yeah. I'm going to find it. Find Online. It. Yeah, you need to. That's a good movie. So, but, I mean, to me, and, you know, this kind of goes on a theme that the 80s was always kind of a cool sci-fi thing. Because you had other neat sci-fi things. I always liked some of the other ones, like Time Bandits. Remember Time Bandits? Mm -hmm. And that was a Monty Python kind of production, wow. I believe. Much of little midgets or something, wasn't it? Traveling well, it's a little it's a little kid who's got an interdimensional time doorway in his closet, and he yeah. goes in there, and he's got a bunch of little midgets he's running around with throughout time. Technically, it wasn't. <laughs> Am I not supposed to say midgets? I'm sorry. Little people. Uh, I'm just picturing it like this time-traveling little band of... Of little uh, little people. Well, they were. They were time-traveling little people. And then there was... No, I, I know we're not supposed to say it, but midgets, that's a fun word. It is so a I fun word. It. It and is everybody word. knows I mean, what it means. As I can be, but I like that word. And even if I was a midget, I'd want to be called a midget. I mean, yeah, I, I, I fucking midget. I don't like the term... <laughs> personally, I don't like the term little people. 
I think it sounds very condescending. It's yeah. like it's like you're gonna you know walk up to them and tickle them under the chin and be like, "Here's a cute little well, little person." Yeah, it sounds like pretty. they. Yeah, it sounds like they've got gold or something. Oh, it's the little people. <laughs> there they are. Oh, quick! If we capture one by the ankle, we'll have a big cauldron of gold. The little people. So yeah, call them midgets. All right, and then and then actually there, there's another sci-fi movie. I and this is, I I don't know why I would even like this movie. It was called Night of the Comet. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Yeah. It was about two teenage chicks who were in a post-apocalyptic world. Like a meteor came and like killed most of the people, but then the rest were zombies. And there were these two teenage chicks that somehow survived. And then they're like running around the city and they're in the mall and they can do whatever. It sounds like a total teeny chick movie, but it was really cool. Yeah. It was a really neat movie. And that was another sci-fi 80s movie. So there was a lot of good sci-fi 80s movies, I thought. Cool. I have never heard of that movie. Night, Night of the Comet. I haven't really? either. No. Wow, Night of the Comet. Check it out. It is awesome. It is it is a great movie. Is it as good as Death Wish 3? Nothing's as good as Death Wish 3. <laughs> I don't think anything's that good. Nothing. Yeah, we could do a whole show on Death Wish 3. <laughs> I think that's oh, God, a good idea. Could we, ever, we could do a series. <laughs> so, um, there we go. That's a uh, little escape from New York, I guess. I guess kind of in that same genre, not really. Mine... Um, horror i loved horror movies horror, i like horror movies too oh uh, just oh horror yeah it doesn't matter horror. old horrors young horrors i don't know what it is <laughs> <laughs> that was horror. in all of horror movie. horror movie okay. oh, horror. 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 as long as they're easy i'm with show there yes i was i was all about the scary movies and um oh yeah my favorite movie from the 80s probably well not still but from the 80s Poltergeist, hands Poltergeist. down. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Oh yeah, I, I enjoy Poltergeist. In the dead. Not everybody. The blonde girl is. <laughs> Not everybody in the movie is dead, but the um, blonde girl is. The older sister is. Oh, yeah. she's um, dead too. Yep, and see, and that there was like this whole Poltergeist curse related around curse. that. I, yeah. I suppose maybe we should get that out of the way first. But yes, there are four people who were um, in the Poltergeist movies, the trilogy of which ended up being. Ended up dead. And the first one was um, uh, Dominique Dunn was her name. She played Dana, the older the daughter. Older. Dominique Wilkins. I'm like, the hell's Dominique Wilkins doing? <laughs> <laughs> but she she was murdered Ooh. by her ex-boyfriend in oh, 1990. Who did she 19- play in the movie? Who did she play in Dana, the movie? Dana, the older daughter, the yep. oldest daughter. She was murdered? I thought she had some wacky disease. No, that's... That's, that's the young one. That's the young one. Heather O'Rourke died yeah. of some sort of weird disease. Yeah, I knew that, yeah. but I thought the older sister did too, so she no, was murdered? she was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. Wow. In 1982. So the same year that the movie was released, wow. she was murdered. And then the old guy from part two, Poltergeist 2, Julian Beck, played the old man with mm-hmm. the, you know, the hat. You're all gonna die. Um, he died of stomach cancer, which I don't know that you can like. Well, he was old, though. He was yeah. old. I don't he know that old, you can like, attribute that to a curse. What? He was pretty old, though. Yeah, he yeah. was very old, like yeah. really, really. I was old. gonna say he was pretty up there when Poltergeist Two came out. Yeah, he was in that movie. Yeah, and, and that uh, guy was ready to die when he said yes to doing the movie. Sign the contract on his deathbed. Can we film now? And then also from. Also from part two, um, Will Sampson, the Native American, the good spirit, who was also in One Flies Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, oh, he's up there too. He died um, after uh, 
a heart lung transplant. So there was some do medical issues. Do you get those at all on. at once, or does it like, well, I'll, I'll I take the heart lung transplant. Did they put his lungs where his heart was supposed to be? I, I don't know, but you know. So he had he had medical Good conditions doctor. going into the movie, so it wasn't really a curse. And then finally the last one, um, I think it was, she actually died, Heather O'Rourke, who played Carol Ann yeah. in the movies. I think yeah. she actually died before they were done with uh, principal photography, and they wow. had to use some tricks. And like, there's there's a scene at the very end where they're in the parking garage where they did have to use like a little person for her some midgets. And, yes, and, and they right. you know shot from behind with this really long blonde wig. And he had a beard. <laughs> <laughs> if but, you look really close at the footage, people, yeah. when I think of little people, I think of little action figures, and that's what I'm picturing whenever you say little people. Well, GI Joes. You know, there's only like there's on solo. There's only 20 midgets in the world, and they're all in every movie that requires a midget. You know, it's like the same ones. It's kind of like the stereotypical like evil like. Uh, Vietnamese guy and all the Rambo movies or whatever. It's always the same dude that's same in Chuck. Yeah, it's yeah. like. So anyway, but right. in, in the third one, you can kind of tell she's sick, and that's what you know. What I read, they thought she just had the flu, because you know, if you'll notice, she's kind of puffy in that movie. Her face is kind of puffy. I never saw the third. One. I didn't see the third one. Okay, either. well then you will notice. But she apparently had. Um, a septic infection due to a bowel blockage, and then she died on the operating table. That'll kill you. You know, yeah. yeah. You say bowel blockage, that just hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, uh, I lean over. Ooh, bowel blockage. So, so that's. I don't, even, I don't even like the word bowel. Then you added. No, I know. No, it's like bowel. Bowel. Yeah. But that, that's the supposed curse surrounding the Poltergeist movies. Wh- which well, of is, course, we all know what her most famous role is. Her most famous role, of course, was. Uh, Fonzie's adopted daughter. Is that who that was? Is that who that yes. was? Fonzie's. She was on Happy Days for a year. I don't know wow. that they ever actually adopted her, but well, did they? No, Fonzie was just dating her mom. Okay, they never got married, did they? No. Okay, Linda Pearl. Because okay. those two were only on the show for one year. So you mean Happy Days suffered from the curse of bringing the cute little kid in? Because that's always yeah. the down, like Cousin Oliver and the Brady well, Bunch. Because that was that was the season where. Uh, uh, Aaron Moran and uh, and Scott Bayo left for a year to do Joni wow. Loves Chachi. Yeah, we so, so they brought Linda Pearl and Heather O'Rourke in for yeah. something new. That's you the know? Curse of Cousin Oliver. They did it with yeah. Seven and uh, Married with Children. They did it on on even uh, different strokes. Right? Didn't they bring one in when Arnold got uncute? Oh, they brought the little yeah. redhead little redhead in. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. So he got uncute, and that's like what. Show. When, when, uh, Raven Simone. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. I hated that kid. Yes. Look at how cute and precocious I am. <laughs> yeah, it was so Isn't that adorable? It was really yeah. annoying. It's like, yeah, Rudy wasn't cute anymore. It's like Rudy was starting to like grow a mustache and all that stuff. So everybody's like, well, maybe we should get a new cute yeah, kid. Why don't you just get a puppy? Because the kid can never act anyway. Just get a real cute puppy and just put it on. Oh, look at this. Then, and then episodes of Rudy with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy, Rudy, I'm going to have to show you how to shave. <laughs> So you put you put the cream <laughs> up above the left <laughs> and <laughs> and slathering the cream and then going in your slicing. Anyway, we're getting a little off. <laughs> but anyway, with Poltergeist, what's so weird? All these people die, but wasn't that little shrewy looking woman in there? Now you've got to yes. watch out for um, the ghost. You know, yeah. Why didn't she Can't die? She's probably still I alive. I, 
She is. She actually hosted a TV show for a while. Well, I don't know if she's still alive, but this was like early 2000. She was uh, Scariest Places on Earth. She hosted that television series where they would go into haunted yeah. places and, you know, you know, record their families in these haunted places. They, you know, yeah. But see, Poltergeist, I mean, I love this movie so much. I could recite it. Word for word when I watch this movie. And even if I wasn't watching the movie, I could recite this movie word for freaking word. You know what I thought was really interesting about that movie is that it, it's a, it's kind of a, it's a family horror movie. It's not yeah. a yeah, horror is. fest or anything right. like that. Right. It's Steven it's, Spielberg. Yeah. Right. It's a Spielberg thing. But yet the, the couple in the movie, uh, Craig Nelson, coach, um, and, and the, the chick, Joe, what's her name? Uh, Joe Beth uh, Joe Williams. Williams. Yeah. Are in the movie smoking some yep, pot the, and the uh, getting pretty high in their bedroom together. Yeah. Oh yeah, cause, yeah, because Joe Beth Williams starts like talking weird about stuff and starts getting the giggles really bad and everything. Yeah, and yeah. Then they they go to the next door neighbor's house or something and they're slapping uh, themselves because they've got mosquitoes all over them and they've got the giggles really bad. <laughs> <laughs> that scene is like that's awesome to me. I love that scene. Yeah, that was a different. That was kind of a different time, I guess. You I know, so like too. it made it made me want to smoke pot. I remember seeing that. Going, oh, God, pot is great. Pot. That explains a lot, actually. With me, they're having a hell of a time. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah, yeah. And then she starts freaking out because they're they're digging this swimming pool and they're, you know Carol Ann sleepwalks. So I think that's kind of like foreshadowing Carol Ann having like this special ability or mm. or something to like communicate with the other world and the boy the boy walks in on him while because joe right. beth williams has a lit has the lit joint yeah. in her hand yeah, when yeah. the boy walks in i mean we didn't lock the freaking door or something <laughs> you know? oh, that's right and she's like oh and she just like you know spits on her finger and puts the joint out <laughs> see that's so funny because it's right before just say no so every movie had the the pot scene oh yeah you know, especially horror yeah. movies everybody's always getting yeah. high, and then all of a sudden just say no came is like whoa because yeah. before that it wasn't such a big deal but then after that you couldn't even like on TV, they would cut out those scenes of movies. Mm. Yeah. So you'd see Poltergeist on the road. They wouldn't show that. Yeah. You couldn't show somebody getting high. Yeah. Because, like, it was like the late 70s, early 80s was, like, the zenith mm-hmm. for for pot smoking, basically. Oh, yeah. At least in high school. Well, it was right? almost illegal by then. And yeah. then all of a sudden, Reagan came along and said, just say no. Yeah, and, well, you keep shooting me doing that. Yeah, <laughs> so. Oh, you said Reagan. Dude, I thought you said Reggae. And I'm like... Yeah, Reggae <laughs> came along. Put an end to that pot smoking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Reagan. Gotcha. I guess the one thing I remember with the poltergeist was all the bodies, like in yeah, the rainstorm. That, that was in the, the pool, the pool yeah. that they were digging out. And the thing is, with those the skeletons that they used in that scene, real human skeletons because oh. they were cheaper. I heard get, that they were cheaper than prop skeletons. Yeah, they got so, them from like biology. Those skeletons land. were actually walking around and stuff. Well. Yep. <laughs> They were, what? they were real zombie skeletons that were walking oh, around. They're like in between scenes. They were standing around smoking. Like okay, right. okay, where do you want us? Looking at the script. <laughs> what was the graveyard supposed to be? I mean, was it an old Indian burial? No, it was just a graveyard. And there's that scene where um, what's his face? I can't remember his name. Now the actor's name takes Craig Gary T. Mill. Who was that? Gary Van Dyke. Okay, takes. Takes... No, he's the coach. He's not in this movie. Jerry Van Dyke. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. No, no I can't remember his name, but he, he's he's pretty popular. Older guy. But he takes 
Craig T. Nelson up on the hill where there's the graveyard because, you know, oh. he's selling the subdivision and all that. Wouldn't you love to build a house up here? And this would this would be your view. And Craig T. Nelson's like, well, what about the what about the graveyard? What would you do with that? Oh, oh. we just relocate, you know, the headstones. Loved ones can go see their families so far, you know, such and such a way and this and that. And things are starting to click. They never moved the bodies. Uh, they didn't, and then that's that's the end of the thing where the guy shows up and the house is starting to, you know, flash and and all the coffins so are coming out like, of the yeah, little like ground. You, yeah, you move you move the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies, and that's yeah. like the so whole, the so the they're all mad because they're getting a house built on top of them. Is that, yeah, I mean oh. it was a it was a graveyard that was you know built upon, and they didn't move the bodies, so. It's kind of that's how disturbance. it's disturbing. They're disturbed. Yeah. It bugged them. Yeah. Yeah. But then they took a whole different twist for the second one. That's where the old guy comes in. It was supposed to be a cult leader. And then not only was the house built on a graveyard, but then there was this cave where the cult leader led its, his followers because the world was going to end into this cave and they all died in yep. the cave. Again, and, the 80s, the whole theme yep. about the world coming to an yep. end. So. Yeah, and then 3 was just stupid. I'm not even going to talk about it. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't even know there was a 3. I'm like, Poltergeist Usually, three. horror movies, that's a pattern. It's like, yeah. by yeah. the time they get to the third one, like they start first. going to hell. Well, yeah. What I found was interesting in it with as far as the budget, the production budget, the original Poltergeist, they had like a $10 million budget. And then for number 2... That had a nineteen million dollar budget for that one, and by the time they got to three, they're like, "No, you can have nine million dollars." <laughs> to do that, uh, that's wow. I mean, yeah. how many are there? There's three. There was three. I don't yeah. know that I've seen all three of them. I think maybe I've seen the first two. Yeah. I didn't. I was gonna say I didn't even know there three, was a third one. Three isn't really worth seeing. Tom Skerritt's in it, and then Laura Flynn Boyle, I think, is her name. And she does like Craig Boyle. Yeah. Run out of ideas and creativity once you get to the third. Yeah, in, and in, basically, because nobody else wanted to do the movie, so they, they concocted this story of Carol Ann, for some reason, going to live with her uncle in Chicago, and the place <laughs> the place was the John Hancock building in Chicago, is where they're so living. Lame. Yeah, and so she's living with her, her aunt and her uncle and her cousin, who is Laura Flynn Boyle in this movie. Just <laughs> the they, they went and had a picnic on a graveyard, and the next thing you know, <laughs> their picnic ba- the picnic yeah. basket was haunted. Yeah. They had like a scene where somebody's talking to Carol Ann on the telephone. <laughs> there is actually something. Is there like, really? And there's like there's like the motif of mirrors throughout this movie about you know the other side and the mirrors, the veil, and yeah, it's the phone thing's a rip off of the Twilight Zone because the original there's an old Twilight Zone where. Where the little girl is talking to her, like a dead relative. Yeah, that's true. Or, little yeah. girl lost. Yeah, that's an awesome one. That is one of the it's best. The name Twilight. of the episode: Little Girl Lost. One of the oh, best yeah. Twilight Zones. Very cool. So that's what I have to share about Poltergeist. Okay, Brian, Brian. You know, your turn. One more thing about sure. Poltergeist. You know what really stands out? Every time I think of that movie, I think of that piece of fried chicken and and maggots. Yes, the guy ripping his face off. That is oh, yeah. that is a huge yes. scene in that movie. I yes. I, I thought I remember you messed me up, man. Yeah, that was pretty messed up. Remember, I I felt a little cheated though when it turned out to be like all a uh, 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 I don't know uh, what would you call it a hallucination. A hallucination. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I felt a little what cheated. Good <laughs> the guy didn't really rip his face off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh come on. Uh, yeah. Come on. I wanted to see him walking around the yeah. rest of the movie like that. There's there's so much about that movie though. I could just like go on forever. And never about it. 
Joe Beth Williams kind of had a little bit of a milfy kind of thing going on yeah, in that movie yeah, too. Yeah. She still does, and she's like ninety. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that out loud? Yeah, it's, I still think she's kind of hot. <laughs> All right, Brian, what's what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie from the eighties, I would say, is Less Than Zero. I think it was eighty-seven. It was eighty-seven. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Um, have you guys all seen that? Oh yeah, yes. God, a long time ago, but yeah. Okay, and Andy, you said you've read the book. I read the book when I was like thirteen years old. Was it better than the movie? Because they always said the book. She book's said it was better worse. She said it was more fucked up. That it was there, way more, more fucked up. The book, the story, I think, was better. The movie was kind of cheesy as compared to the book, but the book, it was a good read, even at thirteen. With the prostitution and the yeah. drugs and the yeah. anal sex and I don't remember the anal sex part. It was pretty fucked up. Featured in the film, it was Jamie Gertz. It was implied in the film, but I mean, it's it's like it's a really graphic. You mean Andrew McCarthy and Jamie Gertz? It was implied those two. Well, at the end of the movie with. Robert Downey Jr.'s character when he's like with what's his face the blonde guy what's well, his he's name with well, everybody he's he was giving hummers money. I know and that's the whole thing about that movie is when the thing is when I saw Scarface which is I think eighty three I wanted to do coke really bad because it's really <laughs> awesome and then I saw Less Than Zero and Robert Downey Jr. is owing people money because of coke deals and all of a sudden he's blowing some guy at some cheap <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him to do it even more I don't want to do coke wait a minute now Robert Downey Jr. didn't he end up like on smack? Oh, he was fucked up. He yeah. was probably like, but he wasn't doing coke. He did, he chose smack. Maybe he should have stayed. Well, to coke. who knows? I mean, you probably well, he smoked. He was freebasing it though. Yeah, he was costing himself a lot of money because he he owed James Spader a lot of money in that movie. Wouldn't he like oh, yeah, thinking of learn his lesson? The the movie. Wouldn't you have like, oh, I started this. I learned my lesson. How bad this is? No, he went and did it all then. Well, well, I think he was probably fucked up when he was making that. He movie. looked like it. No, he was probably yeah, not. He did. <clears throat> he probably looked strong not out. makeup at all. It was probably no. just him showing up to set that day, and right. that's how he you looked know, strong yeah, out yeah. for real in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole the whole premise was like, uh, it's like I don't know what was it, holiday break. Basically, they were they were all friends in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it shows clips, I think, of them graduating high school, and right. then it's basically the movie is what happens after graduation. Andrew McCarthy, I think, is the only one who really goes off to college and does anything. The others pretty much stay there and and party it up. I think Jamie Gertz is a model, yes. she's like a coke spring mm-hmm. model or something. Yeah, she's a cokehead model. And, and, uh, and Robert Downey Jr.'s been kicked out of his house. He sleeps like at the beach and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he sleeps on park benches and out on the beach and. <laughs> And he owes a, a, a James Spader's character's name is Rip in that the drug right, dealer. Right, right. And he owes Spader's character is great in that. Yeah, no, Spader's awesome in that movie. He just plays this that that sleazy drug dealer just perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing positive, nothing good about his character at all. It's like he's kind of got like this superficial charm going on too. You know, he. Right. Comes up to Andrew McCarthy at the beginning when they're at that party and and tries giving him a little coke and everything and he's like I he's like I tell you what man these people here are assholes and, <laughs> and, and McCarthy's like well I 
make great customers though, right? And Spader's like, oh, the best, man. <laughs> well, and he's trying to give Andrew McCarthy some shit for free. And yeah. It's just so wrong. Yeah, he's like, old habits die hard, right, buddy? <laughs> Pats him on the shoulder, you know. <laughs> well, and then he's running a prostitution ring on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's how he ends up letting Robert Downey Jr.'s character, um, I'm trying to remember the name, Julian, Julian, pay off his debt is is to want to blow some guys in a yeah. cheesy motel. Yeah. Yeah. Is that bad? Because <laughs> I'm just <laughs> asking. Rob, you could be making money. Yeah, it's man. like I'm hurting for some cash here. <laughs> but there was a, know, could, if it, you're not even remotely bisexual, could you go down that road? Oh God! Uh, well, but, but but what's but interesting is this. It, what's interesting is you think back to the '80s. It's almost kind of implied like the worst thing you could end up doing is right. sucking some dude's right. dick, you know. And now all of a sudden it's like it's like flash forward to like modern times. Like we probably shouldn't imply that because it might give the you know it might be anti-gay. Right. It shows you how much yeah. times have changed. But it's 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 part of that, and just the fact that he's he's whoring himself as right. well. Right. Right. You know, degrading himself. I mean, and it, it 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 would be implied if it was a woman too. You know, right, right. She's well, doing I it for the so sake too. of all the drug yeah, money. That but but it just up. seems like it's it's supposed to be more shocking because it's him. Oh, look what he stooped to. You know, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And there, they, just to bring this up, it kind of reminds me of my own private Idaho. That was kind of like, have you seen that movie with um, River with Phoenix? The, and, is it about uh, a potato? <laughs> is <that> about... <laughs> uh, with River Phoenix and. Um, Keanu, Keanu Reeves, yeah, and that's that's it, yeah. what the the whole thing is with their the, the the male prostitution kind of thing going on. Yeah, I thought that movie was about they have like this potato. And that's what I said. <laughs> 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 private baked potato. They're farmers. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the name of my private Idaho or private Idaho or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was my private Idaho. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that, who was the other actor in it? It was River Phoenix and um, Keanu. Keanu Reeves. It was Keanu Reeves. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Bill, Bill and Ted's. Ever. Blowjob journey, <laughs> dude. <laughs> but yeah, there was that that scene with James Spader and uh, and uh, Julian, where yeah. James Spader's character Rip is sitting there. Hey, look, Julian, I got I got a way you can make some of this money up, and and, and Julian's all this. Oh yeah, 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 man. Whatever it is, I, I'm so into like, it. Yeah, he can't yeah. Wait. He's like, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna take you along here. You're gonna meet some people. You know, they're really they're really they're really friendly guys, you know. Just be nice to them, yeah. Yeah, and Julian's just like, Yeah, okay, man, yeah, whatever you need. And then and then it and then it shows him walking out of a hotel room later with this with wiping this, his mouth. <laughs> little little scope in the mouth, swishing it around. Yeah, that was a that was a very unique movie, and it also had the uh, the Bangles remake. I remember yeah. of Hazy yes. Shade of Winter. Hazy Shade of Winter. Well. God, I love that remake. I like the Bangles. Yeah, Susanna, Susanna Hoff. Hoff. I hate the Bangles. I oh, they had a couple Hoff of sexy. Oh yeah, yeah she was. walked like an Egyptian. I like the Bangles. She would drive me nuts with that freaking eye thing that she would do. Just drive oh, me God, nuts. Oh God, I love that. Oh, the Egyptian made me want to kill. She had, looking up and yeah. like to the side. I mean, she would never look on. It was just. She had huge eyes. She did. Drive me nuts with it. <laughs> Didn't mind it. 
interesting sometimes how guys and girls see things. I, th- I thought she was just ridiculously hot. But I did I, too. Walk like an Egyptian. I hated. Craig, did you like the remake though of Hazy Shade of Winter? I did. Okay. Yep. Because the the Bangles, a lot of people forget about it, but they were actually kind of a a garage rock sort of group before the yeah. record company got a hold of them and kind of changed them into a pop group. Sort of Go Go's, I think. Oh yeah, the Go Go's yeah. were kind of like because they were back in the time of new wave. Yeah, and like the late seventies new wave and all yep. that stuff. Yeah. Because you listen to the song, they or we got the beat. That song actually rocks when you actually stop and listen to it. Yeah. I like how our lips are sealed. I really do. I love that song. <laughs> I just love anything by the Cocos, man. <laughs> yeah, speaking of cocaine, huh? <laughs> yeah, Belinda, Belinda Carlisle. Holy shit. Oh, Belinda Carlisle was a mess. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. She had some image troubles, from what I understand. The other thing about Lesson Zero is that I remember it made me hate my own life because these kids were so fucking loaded. Oh, they were so spoiled, so rich. Were absurd. Yeah, and they—they they, they, ele- didn't one of them have a fucking elevator. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. It was ridiculous. But I remember like uh, like uh, Andrew McCarthy's character swimming in his back in his back, and it was like it was like some pool that you would see at a hotel uh-huh. somewhere, right. and it was yeah. just in his backyard with less, like most beautiful clear blue water right. you could imagine, right. you know, yeah. and all this. Well, and do you remember Robert Downey Jr. going up to Julian when he goes up to his dad? He's asking for money, and he tells him he's going to be clean. And do you remember what his dad's doing at the time? Oh, it's like he's a pri- his, private he's tennis, on his court. tennis court. He's got one of those machines hitting the ball to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got like two tennis courts in the backyard. Everybody's got. That. Always wanted one of those. <laughs> I did too. One seat. You remember the uh, the scene where. Uh, uh, Downey goes, I don't know how long it is, he actually is supposed to have gone without without drugs in the scene, but where uh, uh, Andrew McCarthy and uh, what's-her-name come home and find him there, and he's Going and he's withdrawing, yeah. Yeah, and, he st- and he stays up all night, like, puking in the john and throwing. <laughs> that was right before that, actually, before he goes to his dad, after he goes through drug withdrawal, and he's yeah, like, right. I, I'm, uh, that's it, I'm done this time, I'm done this time. Yeah, and then they hug on the tennis court and all that. Yeah, his dad's like, God, you look like hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, remember he breaks in at one point to his own home and he's trying to rob stuff and the brother comes out and is yelling at him. Oh, his brother, like, attacked him, yeah. His brother attacks him. It's like his younger brother, too. Yep. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that scene. Yeah, he's going in to look for shit to pawn for drug money. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was an interesting movie. Kind of uh, very of its time, I guess. Yeah, kind of like really, you know, the excess of the eighties. Exactly, really represented well in that. Exactly, movie, and it was. It was. Set- and then there was another movie that tried to capitalize on that same type of thing, and I actually saw this movie. It's actually not bad uh, with Michael J. Fox. Do you remember the name? What yes. was the name of that movie? Big City Lights. Bright Lights. Bright Lights. Big City. Yeah. Bright Lights. Yeah. What was he Bright like? Lights, a, Big City. What was he like? A, a writer or something in that movie? Yes. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland is his buddy in that, yeah. Hmm. Does Kiefer Sutherland like play like some kind of bad guy in that movie, or no? Or is he just he's Michael? He's sleazy. He's not so much a bad... Wait, who? Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland. Who? Kiefer Sutherland. Wait, who did you just say? Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> yeah. Let's get this straight. It's Kiefer Sutherland? <laughs> 
we're on pills right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I always, in those big, ever since I saw like Stand By Me and stuff like that, I always picture Kiefer Sutherland as like this villainous character. Yeah. You know? Well, because he played one in Lost Boys, too. Lost Boys yeah. is great. Yeah. He was the head vampire. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, he wasn't, but everybody thought he was throughout the movie. But Right. Little Corey Haim in that movie. Yep. Both of them were in that movie. Corey, Corey Feldman. Both the Corey. Oh, Corey yeah. Haim. Corey, that's right. Yep. The Corey connection, yeah. yeah. Corey Haim and then the ugly Corey. Um, Feldman. <laughs> Feldman the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Is it fair to call him the ugly Corey? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> fair. Well, that looks like uh, we're running out of time for this week, but uh, again, thanks for joining us here very much. Be sure to check us out next week. Those 80s kids are going to remember MTV. You want it? Well, we got it. In the meantime, you can also check us out at those80skidsremember.com. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and also on SoundCloud as well. Once again, for this week, I've been your host, Craig. I'm Andy. Ryan. And Rob went to the cam. But he'll be with us next week. Join us once again next week for those 80s kids remember. <laughs> <laughs>